another week and another opponent. Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, everyone. If you haven't already, like, comment, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Spotify or Podbean, please follow. But if you're on YouTube as well, turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or drops. We're about two, three subscribers away from 300 subscribers, so please help us reach that milestone. Also, help out the algorithm. That way, more people like, comment, subscribe, and just help this channel out overall. You guys get some good, truthful, but fun content on this channel in return. So, another podcast episode, another Saturday episode. This is a preview. We versus the Carolina Panthers on Sunday, and uh, this is a very weird opponent. Just his first thoughts. I'm going to go into some other first thoughts in about a second. But this team, I believe, is on a three-game losing streak. Um, a lot of people are saying that this is a fake team. That you know their hot start was against bad teams like the Texans and the Jets and all these other teams. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. I think that the Panthers will win this week. But there is questions whether this team can beat a team over 500. They beat the Saints, so that's a team over 500. They also beat the Jets and the Texans, that's three of their wins. They also lost to the Vikings and lost to two other teams. They lost to Dallas, which I believe was their first loss. So, we'll see. We'll see this week, but in terms of the Giants, I really don't have much to say. What can I say? This team's 1-5, and, and a lot of offensive injuries, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's an evaluation thing. See if Evan Ingram goes off, see if Shepard or Slayton goes off, you know. It's, it's what you can say right now. It's what you can say. This team's not going to tank, so you just play to win, and if they win, they win, and they lose, they lose. Let's go to the injury report, which is always our first subject. Put aside the first thoughts. For the Carolina Panthers, wide receiver Terrace Marshall, their second-round pick this year, and linebacker Shaq Thompson. Both are out, one with a concussion, the other one with a foot injury. Also, their fullback, Giovanni Ricci, is out with a concussion as well. Cam Irving, their left tackle, is questionable with a neck injury, also an illness. So, if he plays, he plays. If he doesn't play... uh. Brady Christensen, I think he was at BYU, I want to say. He was a left tackle. So if Irving doesn't play, he steps in as the left tackle. If it's BYU, it's BYU. If it's not BYU, I apologize. But also, Alex Erickson is questionable with the concussion. So this team has a couple of injuries to deal with, which is really interesting to see. Matt Paratus, C.J. Henderson, and Frank Luvu were not listed in terms of the game status, which probably means they're off the injury report, which means they will play on Sunday. In terms of the Giants, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, and Saquon Barkley are out for Sunday's game. Danny Shelton, which came to a surprise, to me at least, uh, this week, he is doubtful with a pictorial injury. Evan Ingram, John Ross, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, all are questionable. You take a look at the practice squad protections, which actually has to deal with one guy who's currently 
doubtful to play on Sunday. The Giants practice squad protections, at least. I could not find any for the Carolina Panthers. Benedrick McKinney, he should play this week. Maybe in a limited role or something like that, but he's a veteran linebacker. I guess at this point, throw shit at the wall and see if it sticks. This team's 1-5, right? Tight end Chris Myrick, wide receiver David Sills, which a lot of people were fascinated with him and hyped him up in the preseason. And then finally, defensive tackle David Moa, which... He probably will take the Danny Shelton rule this week. I don't see them not calling up another defensive tackle or a defensive lineman. They have Raymond Johnson, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and Austin Johnson. And then Danny Shelton, who is doubtful, as we mentioned. So, you know, I I do uh, expect David Moa to come off the practice squad this week. And, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens But I would go with Moa moving forward because there is a stat out there that says when Danny Shelton is playing on the Giants' defensive line in a run situation, Giants give up six yards per pop. However, when he's off of the field and the Giants have some other guys on that defensive line like Austin Johnson, Leonard Williams, all those other guys, well, they give up about three yards per carry. So I don't understand... How this coaching staff doesn't see that. Same thing with the Nate Solder thing, which really isn't much of an argument at this point because uh, Andrew Thomas is not playing this week. So just something to uh, put in mind for you guys. Now, quickly to positional matchups, not going to go too far into it. In terms of quarterback, I do this, uh, you know, on-field production, but first I do it on paper coming into the year. What were the expectations, stuff like that. So coming into the year, Daniel Jones, in my opinion, was somewhat the better quarterback, a little bit better than Sam. You know, there's always the memes about Sam seeing ghosts and stuff like that. And I understand a lot of Jeff fans and a lot of other people just feel that he was not treated well in New York, but you have to blame some on Sam as well. So, with that being said, I give the New York Giants both. In terms of the running back room, I always thought Christian McCaffrey was better than Saquon Barkley. Could stay on the field just a little bit more. Obviously, he's missed a lot of games for them within the past few years. With that being said, in Barkley's absence compared to McCaffrey's absence, the Giants really haven't produced much in the run game. It's Devontae Booker and Elijah Penny. And... Over in Carolina, they have Royce Freeman and Chuba Hubbard. And Chuba Hubbard, he's been doing pretty good for them. You know, not all-star numbers, not Pro Bowl numbers, but numbers that really do... uh, Trying to find the word here, but you get the point. He's been doing well for them as a placeholder until Christian McCaffrey comes back. With that being said, you move on to the wide receivers. DJ Moore is having a good year. Terrace Marshall, he's having a good year as well. Uh, Robbie Anderson really hasn't caught much of the targets, which is a surprise to me. Donald and him were teammates in New York. And I don't know. I'm just shocked that he has not received more targets. But 
I guess he's been going to other guys more. We'll take a look at targets and stuff like that in a little bit. Actually, I could take a look at it now to kind of back up my thoughts, but his leading receivers are more Anderson here and there. Uh, McCaffrey, Brandon Zilstra, who stepped up, so it's it's been here and there for Anderson. But, you know, we'll see. I honestly think that the Giants' wide receiver position is better talented, but Carolina wins it because Moore has three touchdowns. Robbie Anderson has two touchdowns. Brandon Zilstra has one touchdown. Giants do not have six passing touchdowns. They have, I believe, four. So... Can't even say that the talented wide receiver position is doing that good. And it's not all on them. It's Daniel Jones and it's also Jason Garrett as well as a play caller. So you look at the tight end room. The Giants coming into the year. Kyle Rudolph, Caden Smith, Evan Ingram. All underperforming. Ingram is being phased out of the offense. Caden Smith isn't even being used. And Kyle Rudolph is a waste of space at this point, I believe. In my opinion, at least. But Ian Thomas, he's been having some good games for them. Silent, not 100-yard receiving games, but as an offensive target, he caught one big pass down the field in the Viking game. Uh, Dan Arnold also has been somewhat of a factor for them. He was traded from the Cardinals to the Panthers uh, earlier in the year. And also Tommy Tremble, the third-round rookie, I believe, out of Notre Dame. So, you know, all those guys, in my opinion, are having better production than the New York Giants tight end room. In terms of the O-line, it's actually... I'm actually going to go in favor of the New York Giants, partially. I understand. Last week was a shit show. The week before was a shit show. But I thought the Giants, they played better. They have been playing better, in my opinion, because Sam has been sacked a total of 18 times, which is the seventh most this, most this year, and Daniel Jones hasn't sacked hasn't been sacked not nearly as many times. Uh, it's about middle of the pack for the Giants. And you th- look at the talent on the offensive line. It's not really much for the Panthers, other than Taylor Moton and maybe Matt Paradis. John Miller's been dealing with injuries. You know, Cam Irving is a backup left tackle in this league. Pat Elfine. You know, he was with the Jets. He was with the Vikings for a couple of years. He's not much. He's not much. So, uh, if the Giants were smart, if they had good players, you know, they should attack the pass rush. But they don't have that. They're not smart. And they don't have players who can attack them. It's unfortunate, right? In terms of defensive line, this includes Brian Burns because on the depth chart, he is slotted in as a defensive end. Hassan Riddick is actually slotted in as a linebacker. Obviously, they have other guys in that defensive line, like uh, Yotur Gross Matos and Derek Brown. But I'm going to have to go with... It's tough here. It's tough here. But I think I'm going to go with the Panthers slightly, honestly. Uh, Leonard Williams, he's had, I think, three and a half, four and a half sacks this year, something like that. But he's been silent. Dexter Lawrence really hasn't done much of anything. And move on to the next group for the linebackers the Giants were better talented coming into the year I favored Blake Martinez over Shaq Thompson both are injured but I just feel like the Panthers linebacker group is doing a little bit of a better job look at the cornerback spot um you know the Giants once again underperforming in that spot I don't know if Stefan Gilmore is going to play this week he could play this week uh coming off of PUP also as well they have AJ Boyer playing it at good level they also have Dante Jackson who's 
playing at a good level too. So, you know, a sufficient level for the Panthers defense. That's why they are ranked one of the best in the league. So they're doing better than the Giants in that position. And I believe they have less talent because, you know, some wondered, oh, A.J. Boyer, you know, how many games he's suspended? You know, is he aging? Dante Jackson, is he a true number one after last year? Well, they've been doing better than the Giants. In terms of the safety spot, uh, the Giants were better talented, but it looks like Carolina is doing a better job right now, Jeremy Chin. And believe it or not, former Giants undrafted free agent Sean Chandler. Yeah, the guy at a temple a couple of years ago. Yeah, he's their starting strong safety. So, you know, that's that surprised me. That surprised me. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you guys. So let's take a look at the stats and rankings. I do this every week. Carolina, in terms of the offensive rankings, ranks 17th in total yards per game, 14th in passing offense, 17th in rushing offense, and 16th in points per game. Their defense is 3rd in total yards per game, 2nd in passing defense, 16th in rushing defense, and 6th in points per game. Take a look at the Giants offensively. They rank 15th in total yards per game, 10th in passing offense, 25th in rushing offense, and 27th in points per game, obviously, struggling in the red zone and struggling just to get downfield. Look at their defense, 27th in total yards per game, 22nd in passing defense, 29th in rushing defense, 30th in points per game. So a total disaster compared to last year. Some other stats, the Giants have 21 explosive plays, which are... Plays over 20 yards. Uh, also, you got to take that into context as well because of garbage time. The Giants have been have been having a lot of garbage time, it seems, within the first few games of the season. And the Panthers also have 23 explosive plays, so two more than the Giants. The Panthers are 16th in pass rate at 58.74. And the Giants are 7th at a percentage of 64.06. All right, so let's take a look at things to look for, players to watch. Let's take a look at Sam Darnold, and he's a make-or-break factor for the Panthers. He's an X-factor, really, because he could have a good game. He could have a good game, but he also may have a terrible game where he turns over the football a lot. So uh, this year he's completing about 61.2% of his passes, which is okay. It's not terrible, but it's also not great. He's also thrown seven touchdowns and seven interceptions while being sacked 18 times. So if the Giants' defense was better than it was, I would say, yeah, the Giants' defense can definitely take advantage of this guy. But, you know, the way they played against Bridgewater, the way they played against Dak and some of these other quarterbacks, it's not great. So I can't really say that I have confidence in this Giants' defense to go ahead and stop Sam Darnold. You take a look at their rushing attack. I mentioned it's middle of the pack in the league. Chuba Hubbard so far, 72 rushes, 281 yards, one touchdown. About 3.94 yards per carry. He should be getting some carries probably more now that the Giants are a terrible defense against the run. I think I said 29th or something like that. So the Panthers will probably take advantage with Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. Royce Freeman, their backup, has only rushed 12 times for 34 yards, 2.8 yards a pop. Obviously, they are missing Christian McCaffrey. Sam Darnold, though, 
I would prepare for him if they're in the red zone, if they're at the five-yard line. I would prepare for a read option or just a QB draw. Uh, he has one rushing touchdown, and he also rushed for a touchdown against the Giants two years ago when he was with the New York Jets. Take a look at the receiving game. DJ Moore having a big year. 40 receptions, 513 yards, and three touchdowns. You take a look at Robbie Anderson, 15 receptions, 190 yards, two touchdowns. Brandon Zilstra, eight receptions, 139 yards, and one touchdown. He's caught all of his targets, which is 100% catch percentage, which is really good. Ian Thomas, 10 receptions, 120 yards, no touchdowns for him. Also, one receiving touchdown for Tommy Tremble. 13 receptions and only 82 yards for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, no touchdowns there. And then Terrace Marshall and Dan Arnold factor in as well. But it's a big difference. It's definitely a big difference. And I don't know. It just seems like coming into this, I thought, well, maybe Sam Darnold, he's spreading the ball more. But you take a look. DJ Moore, 40 receptions compared to some of the other guys. 10, 14, 13, 15, 16. Not nearly as much. And, you know, kind of shows on the field, right? Take a look at the defensive side of the ball as well. Brian Burns, he's having another good year. Uh, I think he started off the year with three sacks. Has been quiet the last two games. But so far, three sacks, 13 pressures, five quarterback hits, and five tackles for a loss, and 21 total tackles. He's started all six games. You take a look at a guy who had an absolute game against the New York Giants last year, Hassan Riddick. Uh, we all remember that guy, right? Uh, with that being said, he has six and a half sacks this year, about half of what he had last year. So he's getting to a really big point. 12 total pressures. Nine quarterback hits and eight tackles for a loss. You also take a look at their two cornerbacks, which right now it stands to be Dante Jackson and Jay Boyer. Uh, Dante Jackson this year has allowed 19 completions on 35 targets. He has one interception, allowing a completion percentage of 54.3. Has given up one touchdown, 247 yards. 13 yards per completion, but also a 74.3 passer rating, which is really good, in my opinion at least. You take a look at A.J. Boyer, who's only been playing since about week four. Um, he's allowed 14 completions on 22 targets. has yet to get an interception, 63.6 completion percentage allowed, 113 yards total, a 76.5 passer rating allowed, 8.1 yards per completion. So... These corners are playing up to what they were expected to, or at least what some expected to. I think they're playing good, and, you know, it's not going to be hard, in my opinion, facing guys like Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram, my personal opinion, and John Ross as well. I'm not trying to devalue the Giants. I'm not trying to sit here and say, oh, they, you know, they're going to tank. I wish they would tank. I'm not going to say that, but at this point, I have to tell the truth. I have to state my opinion. And I don't mean to be the negative Nancy. You guys know I'm always positive. But against guys like Dante Jackson and A.J. Boyer, who's been in this league at least 10 years, what is Darius Slayton to them? What is John Ross to them? Who makes a pop play every 20 receptions he gets. You know, it's, it's frustrating to be a Giants fan at this time. Questions to answer. I usually do five. 
But I'm going to do three this time. I mean, some of it is the same stuff regarding other positions and uh, just like other players and other opponents. Like saying, oh, well, the pass rush get here, this, that, and the other thing. You don't want to be hearing that every episode I talk. So for the offense, number one, how much can this O-line protect DJ? Hassan Rennick and Brian Burns will be there facing Matt Parrott and Nate Solder. Matt Parrott will likely start at left tackle. Nate Solder will start at right tackle. I'm scared. I'm scared. I think Burns is going to match up against Solder. And I think Hassan Riddick and Morgan Fox will go against Matt Parrott. That's if I'm not mistaken, of course. I could be mixing it up. But either way, the Giants, in my opinion, are screwed. Uh, two guys that know how to rush the passer. And if it was Andrew Thomas blocking, if it was Matt Parrott on the right side, you'd feel a little bit better about yourself and a little bit better about this team. But uh, I don't have confidence. I really don't. But we'll see what happens on Sunday. Number two, is DJ the same turnover guy as last week? At this point in the game, I really have to stop making excuses for DJ. And I know, obviously, there was no weapons last week. But three interceptions, one fumble lost. You got to make the best of a bad situation. And the Giants are evaluating whether it's going to be a new GM, uh, the same GM, same head coach, different head coach. They're evaluating whether DJ is the future whether he's the franchise quarterback or not. I'm giving him till about the bye week to convince me. A little bit more maybe, but uh, it's very tough to be constantly making excuses. I'm not doing that anymore because he had a horrible week last week. He was okay week one, also garbage time, but in between the lines, he's good at different points, but can't really put a perfect situation around everybody. And it sucks. And I'm not going to sit here and say that drafting a quarterback from Liberty is going to fix the entire Giants franchise. Because it's not. Because there's O-line issues. There's pass rush issues. There's issues concerning the secondary. There's issues all around. This is a garbage football team. But he has to show something. He has to show something. It's not like the Panthers are the first best defense in the NFL. They are one of the top. But you carved up the Saints defense. Can you do that against the Panthers, maybe? We'll see. Number three, can this team execute in the red zone? Whenever they get down there, if they get down there, they have to execute in the red zone. It can't be, oh, first down run and then cute play calling to end the drive. They have to execute in the red zone. Every time they go down there and just kick a field goal, it makes me want to cringe. Makes me want to cringe because they get cute with the play calling. Something happens, a penalty. They don't execute a drop pass. It sucks. It sucks. And the Giants find ways to not execute in the red zone. They find ways to lose because they're a bad football team. With that being said, in terms of the defense, can the defense cover the targets? Robbie Anderson, in my opinion, might be in for a big game. DJ Moore will probably be in for a big game. Maybe they give up a lot of receptions to Dan Arnold and... uh. What's his face? I'm forgetting his name right now. Ian Thomas. What if they give up some big receptions and some explosive plays to them? It's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. That's what I feel will happen. I'm not going to say the Giants are going to get blown out, but I think it's going to be at least a one to two score game. 
I'll make my predictions at the end, though. Number two, will Chuba Hubbard have a big game? The Giants are one of the worst teams in the NFL defending the run, especially with Danny Sheldon on the field, but David Moa might make it a little better, but he's no Dalvin Tomlinson. Obviously, a lot of Giant fans are having that discussion over again. But with that being said, I believe he would and probably will have a big game against the New York Giants. In terms of rushing the ball, yes. And in terms of maybe screen passes, receptions out of the backfield, I think he will have a good game. So we'll see. I hate to be this down on my team, but we're 1-5. Number three, will Pat Graham and the defense take advantage of a possible injury to Cam Irving? And will they take advantage of Brady Christensen if he does play? They should. Will they? Probably not. But my best bet and my best advice would be either uh, either put Aziz Ojolari on him or maybe Leonard Williams. And I understand Leonard Williams is not an edge rusher. But against a guy like Brady Christensen, who's barely seen the field, you know, what's the worst you can do at this point, right? Keys to win. Survival. Protect Daniel Jones. He's not going to have time to throw touchdowns and big plays if the O-line is not giving him time. He's not going to have time for that. He's not going to be able to process the defense. He's not going to be able to make some good throws if the O-line doesn't protect him. And I'm concerned about the tackles. The interior, the interior is the interior. But the tackle spot is a mess right now. And I'm scared. I'm scared for Daniel Jones. But we'll see what happens. And let's see if he can make the best of a bad situation, right? Number two, pressure Sam Darnold and cover the targets. Sam Darnold, he can roll out of the pocket. He can do a couple other different things. But he's turned the ball over in terms of interceptions seven times this year. And he's definitely fumbled a couple of times. So... Try to get to him. I know that's very hard for the Giants' defense to process on a consistent basis because they did get to Stafford twice last week, but that was within the first two to three drives of the game, and then the rest it was non-existent. Number three, avoid the short field and win time of possession. Win time of possession is pretty basic, uh, just one to throw in there. And what the Giants did last week is they were giving the offense a short field. Whether it was being backed inside their own 10, a sack, and then they would punt, and Riley Dixon would be terrible, or it would be something like uh, turning the ball over, a fumble, an interception. That's giving the offense a short field, and that's why you didn't see Matt Stafford pass for 400 yards, or other than Cooper Cup, uh, you know, any receivers having any big games on the stat sheet, because they had a short field to work with. And when you give them a short field to work with, they're going to score points. And I understand the defense was pretty frustrated with the way the offense played, but there's no reason to stop trying. And that worries me a little bit because has Joe Judge lost the locker room? Has he not lost the locker room? I don't know. I don't know. I think he has, but things can change. As my opinion can change. But if you guys haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. I'm going to try to do a couple more postseason MLB games. Those are fun. Obviously, the next game was fun the other night. Uh, I think it was Wednesday night we did the game. I'm going to try to get some football games in, too. That way, it's not just Yankees or Giants or stuff like that. Um, 
yeah, but with that being said, guys, peace out. See you later. Stay cool. Go Giants.